When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello folks, get ready for the Christmas period with a free case of craft beer from Beer52 and right now listeners to Heart and Hand can get two extra free beers making it 10, 10 free beers. All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's B-E-E-R 52 numeric.com forward slash heart, that's the special code heart uh, and that will... We'll get you free beers. All you need to do is cover the five ninety five for postage. Beer fifty two is the world's largest beer club. Every month, Kate has a different theme to it. Um, the past themes have had the stuff like uh, beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea, all over the USA and Europe. If dark beer is not your thing, just choose a light option, and your case will come with the award winning beer magazine for men and also some snacks to to soak it up. Uh, if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer fifty two dot com. That's b e e r five two dot com forward slash heart and you'll get your free case of 10 beers for just 5.95 postage so that's beer52.com forward slash heart Hello everyone, welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host as always, and joining me this week for what should be a very pleasant pod in the main, because we've got Rangers' best performance of the season so far to discuss, is first of all Colin McMillan. Hi David, how you doing? Good to speak to you. Yeah, a lot better after after Sunday. And David Marshall. Hi, uh, good evening gents, I forgot what time of day it is, but hi, how are you doing? Well, it, it could be any time when the listeners come to exactly. listen to this. Although it won't be one of those pods that people get round to because they can't face it after a, a disappointing result. And it's fair to say that after Wednesday night, we were very much looking for a reaction from the team as they travelled down to Motherwell. Manager made a few changes to the side and uh, brought in Scott Arfield and, of course, a man we're going to be talking about a fair bit today, Fashion Sakala, and it really was his day. First things first, I'll start with you on this, Dave. The front three Rangers have been playing, Morelos, Ruth, Hadji, has a lot of skill in it, a lot of ability, a lot of finishing ability, mm-hmm. but... There has been some talk about maybe it being a little unbalanced. That at the moment it doesn't quite look like Morelos and Ruth have found a groove together. But also, and I think this is a more difficult one to refute, that they 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 don't have pace. You know, they don't have that dynamic pace, which Rangers really exposed when when Ryan Kent's in the side. It gives us that option. We've got Sakala and Wright, who are the nearest to Kent in terms of speed, and it's maybe too obvious to say after an excellent win where a lot of players stepped up and, and the performances were excellent. But it it's not new. It's not something we haven't said on here. It's not something other people haven't been discussing. Rangers have to have that out, but we've got to have that pacey option. Somebody who can carry the ball and drive defenders back. Yeah, you know, I can understand the um, the front for that we've went through, uh, went for the last three weeks because I think if you look at it in paper, you know, Hadji, Morelos and Roof, um, taken away from Ryan Kent because you know he's not available for selection at the moment. They're probably our three 
technically um, best uh, attacking players that we've got. The unfortunate thing, as you say, David, it just doesn't look like it's it's a good fit with the three of them. The defining factor being is the lack of pace that they have. And when you're going up against uh, teams who are going to make it hard for you, be really stuffy at the back, you know, Aberdeen playing three at the back uh, during the week, Marwell, you know, famously play six or seven across across a back line. So you need to have that bit of pace to get in behind and uh, that ability to, to mix your, your attack up and bring in somebody like uh, Fashion Callum when he was on his game on Sunday. That certainly allowed us uh, to do so. Uh, you know, listen, I'll, I'll be honest, I was a bit, <laughs> at the start of the game, for the first uh, half hour or so, I, I didn't really think it was um, it was working for Sakala. There was a lot of uh, a lot of endeavour, but you know things just weren't quite coming off. There were signs there to be fair. Looking back at now, out of the the heat of battle, he was trying a lot, and it really was just a matter of time before it was coming off for him. But yeah, you, you need to take your hat off to the guy. He totally totally turned us around on Sunday. Yeah, he did, along with, I thought, Colin, able support from Scott Arfield back in the side. And look, Scott Arfield, um, people can talk all they want about his limitations. His final ball sometimes isn't, you know, all it, it could be. He doesn't have a Hadji-like final ball, put it that way. But the endeavour, the, gri- uh, the, the, the gift he has is that he is a constant buzzing presence in the midfield. But more importantly, along with Sakala, the two of them will run beyond and that mixed it up, I thought, dramatically for us. And watching the game back this morning, although Scott Arthur maybe didn't grab the headlines, he was so important to what we did. He opened up so much space for the front players. And more importantly, that allowed Stephen Davis to do what he does best at the base of a midfield. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing with the, the three that we've been starting with recently is that, although they're all very, very good players, they are quite predictable. And what you've got when you bring in a guy like Sakala and you bring in a guy like Scott Arfield is... They've got that little bit of unpredictability about them, David. In that, that, that chaos defense, factor. Yeah, the defenders just don't quite know what they're going to do. And you know what? They might not always do things that are particularly good. But what they will do is um, they'll bring defenders away and they'll make space for their people in that way. And I think Scott Arthur was excellent at that yesterday. And that, when you don't have Ryan Kent, that's actually got the the skill and the ability to to beat players and do something really great to create chances, you need to do a different tact and try something different because... The other three were just a little bit same-ish and I think defenders know what you're going to get with those three. You know Morelos is going to bully people. You know uh, Roof is going to find himself in great space and be there for the shot. And you know that Hadji is going to try and play balls into the box. And when that doesn't work against these big defences, you don't really have that other option. So when you bring in guys like Arfield and now Sakala, it's just a completely different dynamic which defences aren't used to. They don't know what to do. It confuses them and things like things like yesterday happen. So kudos to the manager for those changes because they certainly worked. Well, I had hoped that uh, the the clocks going back an hour might make the team think it was a one o'clock kickoff, but no, no, the the twelve o'clock jinx, I suppose, whatever it is, but uh, it seems to to go on and on because I thought, my goodness, this is a movie that we're seeing almost on a weekly basis, isn't it? I don't think I've even seen Star Wars as regularly as a as I'm watching this one, and that, of course, as Ranger started, fine. You know, really, I mean, not great, but fine on the front foot. Had the ball, make things happen. First long punt up the field from Motherwell, and oh, what a goal down. Ninth time this season, Dave, we have conceded the opening goal. We we only conceded the opening goal four times in the whole of last season. Now, it's, it's far too often. We're conceding far too many goals. You know, that's 
the, the, the underlying part of that. Yeah. You don't need to be a stats guru to work that out. But it, there's a difference between a team working hard to break you down, and even St Mirren last week, we make a mistake, but it was a special strike. What they did for their goal was not special. It's a, no. a speculative punt. Tav and Goldson delay, get confused who's dealing with it. Goldson eventually goes to deal with it and then there's another mistake there because he should head it back to Alan McGregor and instead he heads it out for a corner. Another Edgar Theory unnecessary corners always lead to goals happened here, happened again for Norwich, I noticed uh, yesterday as well they scored when, when Leeds goalie kicked the ball straight out of play for a corner and the defending at the corner was awful. Leon Balligan who was otherwise excellent, loses his man completely header comes in, Alan McGregor gets a save and there to tap it in was uh, Mugabe. And again, you're just watching it and going, so easy. It's absolutely, you don't need to do anything. It's a standard corner, standard running header. Um, good following in play and a decent finish from Mugabe. Credit is where it's due, but they didn't exactly have to do something extraordinary to, to breach our back line. And again, you know, start five, six, seven, eight, ten minutes going fine. You're building up your play. One attack and it all goes to hell and you're suddenly facing a mountain to climb there has to be games where the the front players can say to the back guys look if we score one today it should be enough Mm -hmm. and it's not being the case yeah i think that's uh that's fair as as you say for that goal that we conceded masters of our own downfall there are so many uh chances to to avoid that happening it's uh, I'm into this level, and I think the, the real annoyance, uh, David, about the goals that we are conceding, it's all coming from mistakes and lack of concentration and switching off and dealing with things that are, you know, we should be doing easy. The, the opening goal against Aberdeen uh, during the week as well is another prime, prime, prime example of that. Um, now, when you can turn that around and win, and win 6 1, that, that's great, but as we've seen, few things this season, that's not, not always going to be the case. We should be able to, to win games 1-0, I think, particularly at Ibrox. If we take a 1-0 lead, that 90% of the time should be should be enough. And, and last you know, season it, it was. Exactly, we had to go up, forget it. Exactly. Um, and I think, you, you know, if you're an attacker as well, you shouldn't need to be thinking, right, we need to go out here and score minimum two goals today to, to get to get the win. We have got the best defence in the league, the best goalkeepers, both of them, in, in our team. We should be solid at the back. That should be the foundation of our success as it was last season. We were as good as we were last season because we were so tight to the, tight to the back and at the odd, the, you know, the odd time that uh, the attackers would get through as we had the best goalkeeper in Scotland there to, to, to bail, bail us out. This is just another really disappointing uh, goal to lose. And it's very much, as much as uh, yesterday ended up being pleasing in the end, this losing concentration, conceding goals, starting the early games poorly, starting games generally poorly, and losing these sloppy, goal, sloppy goals is very much a thing. Colin, it gets mentioned every time he makes a mistake, but he's making quite a few mistakes. Connor Goldson are referring to, of, of course, here. And and of course, the thing that gets mentioned all the time is contract. And it's one of those difficult situations because he's clearly not going out and thinking contract, contract, contract when he's playing football. And he clearly isn't going out and trying to make errors. Um, but 
when you have a player who was so immense last year and his game has been this season littered with errors, people are going to say, well, okay, what's different? And it makes sense that something as major as a contract situation will get mentioned a lot. Now, one of the questions I get a lot is, well, what's happening with it? And it's very simple. It's like most contract negotiations. He wants one thing, Rangers want to pay another, and there's a gap. And either they meet in the middle or they're too far apart, in which case he'll go somewhere else. So that's the situation. It's nothing complex. There's no great mystery to it. He's asking for an amount that Rangers don't want to pay. And it will continue until either he cuts out the mistakes or he leaves. And that's, you know, whether that's right or wrong, I just, I can't see how that situation doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Speculation is going to come from this contract debate and what we do know and what we don't know about it. We know that the club does their stuff privately. We know that they're not going to talk about ongoing contract negotiations. Ideally, you don't know anything about the new contracts until they're signed, sealed and delivered and you get an article on the website. But this Connor Goldson situation has come into the into the kind of general consensus because it is getting so close to time now. We're, we're now into November, the 1st of January. He could legitimately start looking at Bosman's and signing pre-contract agreements. Um, he has been asked about it a couple of times and he's always had this kind of stock answer, hasn't he? That, um, no, there's no communication, there's nothing going on, I'm just concentrating on my football. I don't believe that, but and I think he has to say that in some ways, but I think that adds to some of the speculation as well. I think the other thing that they would do, that apart from the contract issue, which is potentially having a bit of an impact on his performance, is all through Gerard's tenure, he's always spoken about having four strong centre-halves that he can use. And he has rotated a fair bit. And at the moment, he's just not able to do that. So Conor Goldson's also in this situation where he's got all the contract stuff going on in his head. He's also got the idea in his head that there's not much he can do at the minute to get dropped. He's not going to come out of the team because the options are him and Balogun and Jack Simpson at the minute because we've obviously lost Philip Hallander, we've let Nico Katic go out on loan, Jack Simpson hasn't really set the, the hair fire and nobody's calling for him to come into the team. Um, so he's got that probably going on as well and that that could lead to a bit, of, a bit of complacency as well and that he's not really get any risk of dropping out of the team or getting maybe punished for his performance, so to speak, as well. So there's a number of factors all combining here, but I think mm. the main one is he's just a little bit out of form and he needs to try and find it quickly. Yeah, it is, sorry, these daft individual errors as opposed to anything structural, and that must be the huge frustrating thing for the manager because it's not a case of, yeah, we mentioned this in our post-match yesterday, if you watch that Manchester United-Liverpool game, yeah, there's individual errors, but there are, it's structural right from when Liverpool mm. pass the ball out from the back, <clears> United's, you know, their press is all over the place, the guys aren't in the right position. It's not that with Rangers, it's literally... Just people making basic errors in, in places that you shouldn't make basic errors. So, look, let's not lie. I think as a support, we were all incredibly pissed off when that Motherwell goal went in. And I think that, you know, given the week we'd all had, um, probably our tempers were a little frayed. But cometh the hour, cometh the men, as it would turn out. First of all, James Tavernier. Now, Tav gets stick. More stick, I think, than, than probably somebody who's done for the club what, what he has deserves. It's just always going to be that way. There, there are simply fans who just don't take to him for whatever reason. And I think there are other fans, and I, I you know, I can understand this being of my generation, that it, it doesn't quite compute with us that a right-back's first job isn't defending. And that's the way it is in modern football with the formation that we play. But 
never doubt his leadership. He never hides. He never does. And yesterday was, I thought, my 30th birthday as well. When I don't know about you, but when I turned 30, I was hiding in a drunken pile of teal somewhere. But um, he he just grabbed the game with the scruff of the neck and went, nope. And again, like at Love Street, thrillingly, Rangers not only get the equaliser before half time, but turn the game completely around. The first goal, Colin, the ball in from Bassey's a very, very good one. But my goodness, that finish outside of the boot, keeping your head over the ball to make sure that it, it, it doesn't fly away over the stand. Making sure you get a good connection. That's not easy when you're taking a ball on a volley like that. Everything and everything in what you do, the movement, the position and the target and the strike, all of it has to be perfect for that goal to go in. All of it was. Yeah, it's 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 one of these ones that that ball could fall to you and I five hundred times, David, and hmm. we might get it on target once. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're happy to I'm kick it. I'm missing it, it four hundred times. Yeah, yeah. I'm contact. Yeah. Uh, happy he, to hit it. Yeah, he combined every one of those skills that you just mentioned perfectly, and left the keeper with absolutely no chance. And, and listen, Tav scored some fantastic goals for us over the years, and I put that one right up there. Um, not just in terms of just how good a goal it was, in terms of what it meant for us, but getting us back into the game and recovering from the earlier error to get myself up the park in a position to do that. It was absolutely sensational. And um, it's our captain um, quite often, and it goes back to what you said about being a right back and some people struggling to understand that they don't just defend. He's a right back that attacks. I'm probably one of them because you have to admit, or you have to understand that for us, we grew up, you know, for 40 years and it was, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. And it's a cultural shift. It's definitely, you know, and and you accept it sometimes, but then other times it's so entrenched in your mind that you're sort of like, well, where the hell is the right back? Because that's that's, that's what we grew up with. And you're used to your playmaker and your main threat being an attacking central midfielder or a winger or something like that. And ours is a right back. He's our playmaker. Everything we do starts with him, goes through him. He's the guy that's upright in the 18-yard box. He's making the crosses. He's making the assists. What's that, 99 assists he's now got for the club and 65 goals um, from right back. Um, The stats are phenomenal. And he's one of these guys, and there's a few of these that happen at Rangers over the years. He's one of these guys that I don't think the general support will appreciate fully until he's gone and you try to try to replace him and you try and bring somebody else in that can do that. We're very lucky in that we've got Nathan Patterson sitting ready to come in at right back when needed. And as great as Nathan Patterson is, and he's really good defending and he's starting to do some stuff going forward as well, we've seen for Scotland, he's not ready to start replicating the numbers that Tav gets us yet. And it's it's just phenomenal from the guy. And it does it does kind of it doesn't let him off from a defensive point of view when these mistakes happen because when you're a defender and you make a mistake it can be crucial. It's one of those, like goalkeeper and defender, you make a mistake more often than not, it can lead to a goal, and that's a bad, bad thing that people remember in the game, whereas a missed pass in midfield or a missed shot up front isn't so vital. But Tav just gets you out of jail so many times and does so much attacking that you do sometimes have to just concede the fact that defensively he's going to do an okay job, but not a great one, but by God he'll make up for it going forward, and that's what he's done for us this week. Yeah, and, and moments after that, Dave, he picks it, an absolutely delicious ball. Uh, I love everything about this goal because it's a terrific ball in and there's something very beautiful about a cross that's just placed perfectly onto someone's head. But see when that someone runs in, leaps like a salmon and bullets the bloody thing past the keeper. See, initially, I thought yeah, it's kind of straight to the goalie, maybe, you know, after you know, celebrating and running around the room. Um, mm-hmm. I'm watching the back and I think, well, maybe the keeper 
could have done a wee bit better because it is, you know, central. It's not either corner. No, he couldn't. I take it back. My apologies to Liam Kelly because it's past him. It's past him before he can react. He just caught that flush. It's a terrific header. That's somebody that can head the ball because everything about it, again, from the timing of the run, the fact that he manages to lose three giants in there. That's not easy. And then when they come in to challenge him, the timing of the leap, he's over the ball when he when he meets it. But, oh man, he just sunk the head in it, uh, Glasgow kiss style, and it just explodes past the goalie. Just a terrific, terrific bit of play. I hate the header. This is um, our fullback player. It's very best, David, here. I think we are, um, you know, when it comes from our crosses and wide and from the fullback areas, it's much more effective when everything's in movement, when Tav's delivering the, the cross on the run when, you know, the, the attacking players make movement. I think things fall down too often when it's, you know, a run a run down the channel, stop, touch, touch, pass, get it back, another touch, then you stick in. See when everyone's just in flow and it's going in movement, this is just absolutely perfect. This goal to me was very reminiscent of um, Roof's header against Celtic last season. I know I came, that came in for the left, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, very, very similar. Great ball in by Tavernier, but as you said, you can't take it away from the the header from Sakala as well. Well, let's let's remember, Motherwell have, you know, a, a monster sized defence. Yeah, yeah. Big, and Sa- talent, you know, big guys who can head the ball in the air. Yeah, that's you know very much their bread and butter. So the ball into the box has to be perfect. The execution from the attacker has to has to be perfect as well. And Sakala just meets us one absolutely perfectly. Uh, not somebody you know you'd, you'd think this is a header, but that's him at this point. He's got two goals for Rangers, both been headers against uh, Motherwell, and you absolutely all credit to him. He takes it absolutely perfectly. Beautiful goal and just just perfect. Um, and I think after the second goal goes in, you look at the you look at the half. And reflection, and you're a bit more calm now because you're ahead, and you can sit and say, We actually throughout played well, yeah. never played bad that half, apart from one stupid mistake that led to them opening the scoring. Yeah, and one of the words we heard a lot last season, and it was deserved, was relentless. The, yeah. the team were driven, they just kept going, and we haven't seen that in a full game this season. We just haven't. We've seen patches, and we've seen some, some good halves and some good spells, but we haven't seen it for 90 minutes. Not the case. On Sunday, right from the start of the second half, Rangers just battered Mother. Mother couldn't get their own half for that second half. And Fashion Sakala did something that Colin, I want to talk about in a wider context. He gets the ball out wide, cuts in, low shot, we got a lot of deflection. Who cares? We'll take it. But to me, the important thing about that was one, doing something slightly different, which was driving and, and trying and having the shot, which we haven't been doing enough of lately. But two, I thought yesterday as a team, we were shooting more. And I thought our variation yesterday was absolutely terrific, that we were shooting more, which means Motherwell have to get set for that. They can't just get set for a cross because somebody has to go and be the blocker. We were also trying to to play through them through the centre, which, again, is very, you know, Joe Aribo was excellent and the quick feet, so that was a different challenge for them. The reason I say this is, if you are just doing the same thing, and we've all seen it when Rangers do this, which is what Dave just described there, which is touch, back, cross, out, repeat teams just set for that, they don't even move they can just all take their position and set for that, but when there are four or five different areas of attack right, well, do I wait here for a header, do I go and close him down, but what if he has a shot, well what if he tries a one-two and that's when you get things like deflections because people aren't quite where they should be to stop it, and 
that's what I liked about this goal. To me, it, this was a reward for mixing it up. Yeah, absolutely. You, was it the same in basketball? You miss every shot you don't take. So to do cutting in and taking a shot. That's ice hockey. That was Wayne Gretzky said that. By the way, just what, I, I knew it was. I knew it was one of the daft American yeah, I knew ones. It was one of those like, sports that nobody actually plays. Yeah. Yeah. Well done for outing yourself there, David. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those ones where you, you see that variation, you see the different chances, the different things that we're trying to do, and you are going to get that little bit of luck. One of them is going to work, and you're right, it's making the defender second guess. They don't know what's coming next. Not only were we taking shots from distance yesterday, which we've not been great at, the stats at the end of the game showed you that I think all but one of our shots yesterday was actually on target. So that's mm. um, really impressive as well, that when you are, you are mixing up the shooting like that, you're not just blowing things over and putting things wide. You're actually still seeing the technique and the skill there and actually get stuff on target and challenge the keeper. Uh, we mixed up the corners a little bit, which led to one of the goals as well later on. And um, like, like you said, we, we mixed up the crossing. And that's what we should do in every single game. It's been so frustrating at times this season, sat at Ibrook, sometimes trying to get back into a game or trying to get in front of a game. And we are just seeing that midfield, sideways pass, sideways pass, down the wing, about a couple of one-twos, and then across, and then the big defenders head it away, and you start again. And we've seen a lot of that so far this season. It's not great to watch, but most importantly, it's not if it's not been effective for us. Mm. And yesterday, we saw what can be effective, what we can do. And from a fan's point of view, from a player point of view, and from the manager's point of view, everybody seemed absolutely delighted with that performance yesterday. I've never seen the team and the manager so happy since we won 55. So if mm. that's what doing those things does, can we see more of it, please? Absolutely. And then, Dave, I think it's fair to say that, that from that moment on, all of us were, please get a hat trick because he's just such a likeable wee lad. But we'll come back to that in a minute. Glenn Kamara then getting in in the score. And I was, again, something Colin mentioned there, the reaction from the rest of the players when he lashed that one in was was superb. Some complaints from from greeting old Sky uh, about a couple of things. Firstly, Stephen O'Donnell's yellow cards. Dave, you're our a referee, uh, our qualified referee here tonight. Um, I thought they looked like two bookings. The first one's cars away, cynical pullback. He accept- it's one of those ones defenders do and know a yellow's coming, I think. The second one, sliding, stretching for the ball, doesn't get it, takes out the man who was past him. It's a yellow card. Nobody's saying that the guy should be banned for six games, but it's another yellow no. and he should have been off the park. And then the complaint about that Sakala was in front of the goalkeeper. I don't think he, he. I mean, he's 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 not directly in his eye line of the ball. He's in his vision, but our vision not quite wide things. And he is trying to get out of the way. I, I I just thought that they were both correct decisions. Yeah, firstly, the yellow cards are both um, clear as day yellow cards. So you get two of them. That makes red. Last time I checked, um, I'll need to consult my laws of the game, but I think um, that was a good good decision by the referee. You know, even I, I spoke to my, my wee mate who works at Motherwell yesterday, and even he said he, he had no idea what O'Donnell was doing. He O'Donnell didn't make any complaints after the second challenge. He knew exactly what he'd done. You know, of course he did. If, if you didn't know any difference, you'd think he meant it because that was it was the only outcome that was going to be uh, that was going to come from that a second booking and and I'm being away. Um, the Kamara goal. Listen, I'll be honest. At first, I thought quite possibly the, um, that could have been offside. I think um, when you look at it from different angles and it slows uh, slows it down. If you're taking this from a VR point of view, I'm not really sure that it would get um, overturned because. As you say, David, where where he is in the, the line of the goalkeeper's side, I don't think he's uh, affecting the play, which is the important part. And I don't think at any point he is blocking the, the keeper's view of the shot. So, 
yeah, in my opinion, it was uh, two two correct decisions. If yeah, the flag I, did go up for the fourth goal at the time, I could understand why. Yeah, I, I, personally, I just think that that Kelly makes a bit of an ass of it, I and mean, he's a good yeah. goalkeeper, but he made an ass of that one. Uh, it was a decent strike by Glenn Kamara, um, but you would still want your keeper saving it, but he didn't, and we were all delighted, and then. It happened, Colin. Uh, probably the most popular goal <laughs> that we've scored this season, uh, with the exception of Philip Hellander's header. And that was uh, Stephen Davis, who was was tremendous. And the manager, who knows a thing or two about midfielders, called it a masterclass, and you won't hear me arguing. Um, he stepped forward, played this gorgeous little kind of chipped ball in. Sakala does brilliantly because firstly he keeps himself on side. A criticism that has been levelled at him, and I think on, on occasion to deserve since he arrived, but he, he gets in there. And then the finish is excellent. And I, it's one of these ones that I don't think you'll get enough credit for the finish because it's so easy to just put that into the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper is in the right position and he's taken up a lot of space. The only place you can score is to get it right back into the, the other corner just in off the post. That's the only place you can put it to score. And he does that. And look, you know, players have days where everything goes for them. But there was a lot of skill involved in that goal as well. There was a load of skill. The delivery, first of all, from Stephen Davis was just excellent. Um, Sakala to beat the offside trap with his run was great. Um, imagine being that guy yesterday on a hat-trick and you see Stephen Davis playing a ball in like that and you still manage to stay on side. Um, it's, it's real, real skill. And the ball comes at a tight angle. Um, you, you fancy the keeper at that angle more often than not, but what he did really well was he sort of manipulated his body to get the shot away. He put it very, very wide of the keeper, almost right to the other side of the goal, which isn't easy to do from that angle, and left the keeper without much chance. Um, he probably, it probably isn't getting as much um, praise and respect as his goal deserves, David, just because it was so fast. The ball came in, he hit it straight away, and it was a goal, and everybody was, everybody was just delighted and delighted with the boy getting a hat-trick. Um, we'll, we'll talk about his character and his personality, I'm sure, in, in the next five oh, minutes yeah, or so. Yeah, let, let's, um, the manager spoke about it. You could see it. Um, I think it's been clear anyway in interviews, but you could see what his teammates think of him. His, his interview afterwards even had jaded Scottish football pundits beaming. Um, and, you know, not, not James McFadden's a, a Motherwell <laughs> fan. I don't think Alex Neal is uh, a big Rangers man, but absolutely beaming because there is something just charming and infectious Alex Neal spoke about innocence and, and there was a joy to him yesterday that I, I thought I thought we looked very stale against Aberdeen and I thought he brought back a little bit of effervescence and I thought he brought back a little bit of just that enjoyment of play. this is great I'm playing football give me the ball I'm going to go and try and score and that enthusiasm I think it sparked off something in everybody else, and you know it doesn't doesn't hurt when you get three goals. But there are guys who bond with a support because of their personality, and and I mean their personality and their play. I think their real personality can shine through in the way that they play football. And Dave, I think he's one of them. You know, I think as uh, fans, something that really grinds at us is when you see a player or a pundit who makes out that working in football is such a chore when, you know, if it was us, if we were playing for Rangers yesterday, we'd be bouncing about that butt going, fuck, I'm playing for Rangers today. Yeah, um, we, fans would play football the way Fashion Sakala does. Yeah, and that was it. Uh, I think that's exactly, you know, the guy's always got a smile on his face. He's just, he's clearly delighted to be here. When you see him at the, <laughs> the end of the game, going up to the Rangers end with a ball over his head, just... Mm. Absolutely loving it. You know, I'm smiling thinking about it. And now the guy has just got that infectious personality. He was so 
not just charming but humble and polite during his his interview, Dave. And you can tell it, it tell it means a lot to him. And yeah, he's just yeah. How can how can you hate this guy? How can you? He's a guy that's um, when you think about the modern game and all the players that play in it nowadays. You've got almost these robots, and they're robots because they've yeah. had to be because they've came through academies and they've been so disciplined their whole life from six, seven, eight years of age to get where they need to be. So uh, it's not a criticism to say they're robots, but that's the way they've had to become. You've then got other players that won't speak to their teammates on the pitch without covering their mouth in case MD, God forbid, hears what they're saying or manage to lip read what they're doing. When you've got a guy like him that just plays with a smile on his face, he loves every minute of it. It's absolutely infectious and he's got a real opportunity that if he manages to keep doing what he did yesterday and being effective on the pitch, he could become a real, I don't even want to say a cult hero, just a real hero in terms he's a real of hero, what, aye, what, he, what he can offer because our game in particular is short of characters. We don't have a lot of them and this guy has got everything in abundance. You just can't dislike him, like David says. Um, a really, really likeable guy that I think people are going to watch, they're going to enjoy. And David, I mean, you get to go to the press conferences. How much are you looking forward to the next time that Fashion Sakala is the player? I've um, been lucky enough to talk to him once, and it's brilliant. Exactly. It's just fantastic, because you come away from the, the press conference with the exact same feeling we all came away from the game yesterday. That's that's a God-given thing. You know, there are people who can do that, who can light up a room, and that's just mm. in life, and, and he's one of them. But I also think, from a football point of view, that... A new player at Rangers, particularly a forward, needs uh, a moment, a big game, early or relatively early in his Rangers career, because it just gives the fans something to believe in and to hold on to and to say, actually, he's a good player. Look, we know he's a good player. Remember what he did that day then. And that gives you the time to settle. Otherwise, you're always you know, behind the eight ball trying to catch up, trying to just impress, and, and it can get a bit desperate. Um, he's had that now, and... Uh, he, he looked. He just looked great yesterday. Now it was one of those days where everything went right for him. There will be days where it's the opposite. But now I think he's established in the mind of Rangers players. This is what I can do. These are the levels I can hit. And I go back to although he didn't capitalise on it, Jordan Jones did something similar when he first arrived and we played Mitchelland. Yeah. Yeah. Now. A lot of Rangers fans weren't sure, didn't fancy him. After that, he won everybody over. He then spectacularly managed to throw it all away. I don't think Fashion Takala will, and I'm hopeful that that will you know, be the spur. Got the six in injury time. Um, bit of goal stealing from <laughs> Kamar Roof as he took Jack Simpson's goal off him. A header from Jack Simpson that looked as it was going in. Hey, listen, uh, I never played at a high level, but I did play him when I did. I'm a forward, I score goals. <laughs> if the ball's near me and near the goal, I'm taking it. End of story. You won't get judged, Mr. Central Defender, <laughs> on how many goals you've scored. I will. So I don't blame him for that. And 6-1. A big weekend, Dave, because we'd heard a lot from the world's mouthiest <laughs> support uh, all week uh, that they were going to, and they should have, absolutely, taken... The, the lead at the top of the table on Saturday. They blew it. They blew it in spectacularly comedic fashion. And it's the psychology of it because I've seen this you know, so many times. I go back, Tommy Burns of Celtic uh, was was what this was described as. But then Rangers were doing it the first couple of seasons under Gerrard yeah. when you're chasing somebody. And remember, we won the league by 25 points last year. They are chasing from a way, way back. The you get this opportunity or these opportunities to put some psychological pressure on. 
it's a 50-50 thing because if you do it, it's brilliant because it improves your own belief and it puts down the opposition. But when you don't do it, that flips round totally and you boost the opposition and you put doubts in your own mind. And that's what Celtic did. And for Rangers then to deliver that performance at that moment and that result, a weekend that pretty much everyone who wasn't a Rangers fan had said, at best, you know, we're going to come out of this... two points in the lead, but we might not. We're four points clear. By common consent, we haven't played anyone near our best this season up until yesterday. It is exciting in a sense that if Rangers remember that that yesterday is how they play football, then, my goodness, we we have difficult fixtures, but play like that? No, we don't. Listen, when I came out of Ibrox on Wednesday, you know, Furious as a lot of us were, you know, Colin seen me after the game. My my face was like fizz, and his was very much similar as as well. If you were to hold a gun to my head and say, you know, who who will be top of the league uh, come the end of playing Sunday? Frankly, I probably said Celtic because I don't think the you know there was anything from us to suggest in the last few weeks that we were going to put in the kind of performance we did on Sunday. And there was Saturday, and I, I I don't watch them because I don't enjoy it. But I'm checking my phone sporadically you know it's half time it's now now 60 minutes it's now now 75 minutes it's now now and then also waiting on the inevitable heartbreak as we That's all were it. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll still win etc but um you, you see it and you firstly you you get that you know that pump going yes i've dropped points and then you actually dig into it a wee bit more and you actually see just how terrible they are. Um, I'm going to have to give a tip the hat to Martin Ramsey here, who summed up in Twitter that says, all swash and buckle till it actually matters. And I think that, you know, right now sums it up for us to go out on Sunday and put in the performance that we did and to look like the real Rangers, to look like the Rangers that we know we're capable of. It feels like a massive turning point of a weekend. It feels like the kind of weekend if and when we go on to win the league title this year, we'll look back and say that that's where it started. That happened last year, I think, the 5-1 at Motherwell and obviously the 3-1 at, at, at Ibrox in, in December. But the 5-1, I thought, sparked us something, you know, something spectacular last year and hopefully it will be the same. One swallow doesn't make a summer, etc. Colin, and congratulations to me for the first time ever on heart and hand and getting the word swallow in without making an offensive joke. But it is true uh, that the 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 sentiments behind that cliche that we are still aware that a reversion to what we've been seeing is going to drag us back into a title race that doesn't have to be a tight title race, in my opinion. No, it really doesn't. Um, we if 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 we do not. Lift, lift title 56 this season it will be by our own hand I think rather than being outdone by a better side I think we've seen we've seen a full round of fixtures now we're into the second round every team's played each other we are we still have the best squad I believe we've still got the best manager we should win this title um, and the display that we saw yesterday is a title winning display what we need it to become though is like you say at that turning point that kickoff point where we go on one of those runs where we win eight, nine, ten games in a row, like we did at points last season, and really put a marker down. And there is no better time to do it. November and December, schedule-wise, is crazy. And um, games are going to come out as thick and fast, both domestically and European. And if we can go on a run during that time it takes, takes us towards the end of the year, we'll be in real, real good place. Um, I think going into that winter break. And 
I'm full of confidence, I think, after yesterday. I've always believed we would win this league because of what we did last season and how we're very much pretty much the same squad of players. There's the, the, the ability to do it was always there. Mm. But the performances have shaken me a little bit in terms of I've not been able to understand what I'm watching at times this season because it is those same players playing the so-called same system. They're not suddenly playing against a big, better bunch of players domestically. It's just something hasn't clicked and it's not been right. Yesterday, that was the team that won us 55. It was the spirit that won us 55. It was the performances that won us 55. And we've got a real opportunity to build on that. And like you say, it is one swallow and all that. But we've got an opportunity on Thursday, European-wise, to put ourselves in a great position in that competition. And then go into this, another international break by a victory at the weekend. Before that, though, Dave, a massive, massive game for our European aspirations. Uh, we go to, to Denmark to play Bronby. There are games that are, you know, must not lose. I'm, I'm not sure this fits into that category. I said it before the first game at Ibrox. I think to have any serious hope of getting out of this group, we need to win this match. And otherwise, you know, yeah, we'll still have two games to go, one at home, but... Uh, I'm not, you know, a draw is obviously better than a defeat, but I, I think we need the win here. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got the, you know, we've got the me- momentum with us now. If we win our next two games, we go through. So, and, and, and you know, that's with the caveat of Leon uh, taking full points against Sparta again. But you say it's a game that um, we need to win. I think it's a game we should be winning as well, David. I've I never seen anything from... Brunby the other week that you know leads me to think that there's much there for us to worry about that will cause us too many troubles. You know that does come with the point when they're going to play them in their, in their own ground, and you would expect them to, to be better. But I think they are quite comfortably the worst team in this group. I'd say from what I've seen the other week, possibly the worst team we've played in the group stages in the Europa League uh, under under. Stephen Gerrard. It's a big game for us, but it's a challenge that should be, you know, nowhere near too much for us. I fully expect us to get uh, the three points on Thursday. I'll stay with you, Dave, because other matches this weekend took place. Uh, the B oh, team, I to, again. Uh, yeah, you do. The B team beat uh, Berwick Rangers one 0 An excellent result for the B team. I just continue to impress. Uh, Dave, uh, for those of you who don't know, Dave is a huge advocate and follower of the women's game in Scotland and particularly, obviously, the Rangers women's team. And he hosts, uh, along with Laura, the the Rangers women's team show on Heart and Hand on Patreon. He tripped off yesterday to watch Rangers take on Celtic in the SWPL Cup quarterfinal. And Rangers' dismal old firm record in the women's game continued as they lost 1-0 to a second-half strike. That means that since the major investment in the team, they've yet to beat Celtic. I believe, Dave, out of the eight matches against Celtic and the other full-time big team in that division, uh, Glasgow City, Rangers have drawn one, lost seven. Um, I don't know if uh, that's... So it's one, one, one and uh, seven defeats now. One, one, seven defeats, sorry. Um, now, without being, uh, you know, trying to play an expert, because I'm not uh, on the women's game, but I, I do follow I do watch it. In that division, there are three teams going for success, really. And that's yep. not being disrespectful to the rest. They're part-time. They don't have the resources. These are full-time teams with great facilities, investment. They're the ones who expect to to do well. And there are two champions, Women's Champions League qualifying places to be had. Rangers didn't get one last season, didn't win a trophy. This season, obviously, that's one trophy gone. 
And for any Rangers team to be losing constantly against Celtic is never a good sign. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of frustration I noticed from people who follow the women's team closely yesterday because it seems to be the same old, same old. It's uh, very much seen this film before. You know, that's now, since turning professional and investing £1.7 into our women's programme, we have played Celtic four times, lost four times consecutively and scored one goal. Um, Where yesterday was really disappointing was one thing, the the training centre was packed. It was a great crowd there. It was a crowd that when I was working for the club, David covering the women's team, it was the kind of crowd that I would tell you is never never going to happen. So to to go out there on Sunday and there was there were so many feelings again. Once again, we didn't play with the intensity that an old firm game demands of you. We never played this game like an old firm game. Celtic did. Uh, we're a much better team than Celtic. We play much better football. We never got our game going. We were dragged down by Celtic. Um, same thing happened against Glasgow City. They dragged us down, made the game uh, stuffy and difficult, and they managed to steal, steal a point from it the other week. We dominated this game for the large majority of it. Missed, again, some really clear-cut chances. At the same time, never created enough chances. And we absolutely... Uh, Sold, sold a goal, a daisy cutter from about 25-30 yards out that the goalkeeper should be dealing with all day long and she throws it into her own net and I was I was so pissed off because I've seen as I said I've seen this before. I was talking to some of the, the guys that you know cover the women's game after it and you know there is an element of bad luck but that's now uh, seven out of eight games we've lost. Yeah you can't be decide. you can't be unlucky seven out of eight games. You can only that can only go to actually extent. I was even talking to one of the Celtic coaches yesterday who used to work for Rangers and you know even he said to me you know Malky must have done something and uh, Mark Thompson must have done something in a past life for for all this but end of the day this isn't good enough for any Rangers team and, and I'm saying with the crowd before when I used to work for a the club they'd ask us you know what can we do to get people in and I'd say the only way we're ever going to get a crowd for the women's team is if it's successful and we've got a crowd there a crowd that far exceeds my expectations um but if this team doesn't want anything again if it finishes third again can't beat glasgow city can't beat celtic doesn't win any of the cups doesn't qualify for the champs league that crown's not going to maintain it's simple as that there is no point in this thing um for the investment we've made in it if it's just to do it for the sake of doing it to make rangers look good if it's a real proper Rangers C- team, it has to win. Vi- certainly the vibe from from the people who make the decisions to put the money in is not that they're doing it for fun. No. No, it, they, it, they it, want they want success. They want a return. It's a significant investment. And we need to it needs to be shown in trophies. As simple as that. If you want to be taken seriously as a proper Rangers team, you need to win. Really is that simple and calling is you know, from those of us who aren't as knowledgeable as passionate about the women's team as Dave is, but, you know, do fall and want Rangers to do well. It, it's a lot easier to get behind a Rangers team that are beating Celtic. Yeah, it, abs- yeah, it absolutely is. And it's, it's wonderful to hear that passion from Dave and how much he cares about it. And the, the, the end of goal is you want more people to have that passion and to feel as strongly about it as Dave does. And it is only going to happen through success. Um, if Rangers had the, the league winning Pokemon Go team or Twiddly, however, any any sort of sport game I can think of, I'd throw my full uh, support behind it and want to see it. To go and watch a game where they're they're losing seven out of eight of the big big matches, 
that does turn people off because that's not what you expect from Rangers. If that was the, the senior team with that sort of record, a lot of questions would be getting asked and changes would be getting demanded uh, to happen. So uh, I'm not close enough to the to the women's game to be saying that is what should happen or anything. But it needs they need to start winning, they need to start making performances and showing up when it counts. Uh, winning these matches 7-8-0 against teams with no budget and non-professional players and stuff doesn't cut the mustard for me it's these two 100%. games these two teams they need to start turning it on against and until they do those crowds that they got yesterday fantastic but that is going to be the limit and they're not going to attract more people if anything mm-hmm. they're going to lose people correct right thank you so much guys for joining me today uh, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion always oh, more fun when we've won uh, I'm off to Denmark this week folks so um, we'll be full coverage from Copenhagen over on Heart and Hand and Patreon just go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand that's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand where from just one ninety nine per month you'll get up to five shows every single day on everything to do with Rangers and a lot more besides so my thanks to our executive producers in London Mike Lee and Paul Myers and my thanks to my two guests first of all Colin McMillan yeah, absolute pleasure, guys. Enjoy your trip, David. Thank you. And David Marshall. Yeah, cheers, guys. Have a good one, David. No, you don't mean that. He does, you don't. <laughs> I, no. I, no, no, tell the truth. I mean, you know, you're like, ah, you bastard. You're going, I'm not. Be honest. Uh, uh, do you know what? Fuck you. There you are. Yeah, well, there you go. No, <laughs> I want, that's, that's what I want. I just, part of getting to go is that, you know, you don't, and this hurts you, and that makes me feel better. So I, I kind of gallop. I kind of gallop. I've got responsibilities, and... Wayne's Why have you bastards. got responsibilities in Wayne's? Let, let's not go into that. Yeah, well, exactly. So. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you played a part in that, right? That's all I'm saying. But, uh, right, folks, thanks for joining us. We'll be back on Friday with Heartland Extra. Until then, moan the Rangers. Speak to you again soon. Take care. Bye bye. Hello everyone, I just want to take a few seconds out of the show to talk about NordVPN. I've always wanted to do that, by the way, that, uh, hey, let's take a moment to talk about something important. But this is quite important, it's about internet security, and it's about NordVPN, who are an official partner of Rangers, giving you the ability to be anywhere in the world, and more importantly, protected when you're online. If, like me, you run your life from your phone or you live on your laptop, then you're going to find yourself at times using things like public Wi-Fi, whether it be on a train or in a coffee shop or a football stadium or whatever. And you're also going to be using 4, maybe 5G, whatever. And these are places that get targeted by hackers. They want your personal information. They want your passwords. They want access to things that they should not get access to. And NordVPN can stop them from getting it. And you can get an offer if you go to NordVPN. Go to NordVPN forward slash heart and hand and enter in the code Rangers and you will get a discount on their services. But see, to be honest, it's worth getting anyway. Just to make sure you're protected, just to make sure that nobody's getting towards things that they shouldn't get towards. And I know it can be a bit of a pain in the neck where you go, oh, I'll get round to it. But trust me, you don't want to be phoning your bank up to say, why is my account being emptied? You don't want to have to be changing password after password after password. Go to nordvpn.com and you'll get security you'll get that peace of mind and you'll know that everything that you hold close to your heart stays there. Sports Social Podcast Network.